Last week, we ended with Paul and Silas in the inner cell, stuck in prison with their feet in stocks. A good story takes us on a journey. It reminds us of where we've been and shows us where we could go. A good story makes us feel and inspires us to act. Welcome to the Good Story Podcast, where everyday stories that make you laugh, cry, or feel slightly uncomfortable will leave you inspired as Kirsten King tells true stories and teaches truth. We're going to continue our look at Acts chapter 16, but as a quick review... We started last week seeing that Paul wanted to go on a second missionary journey. He wanted to go back and visit people he had seen before. He wanted to go back to places he had been before. He wanted to see how they were doing and encourage them. All really great ideas. And he wanted to go with Barnabas, who had traveled with him in the first place. He shared this idea with Barnabas. Barnabas said, sounds great. Let's bring John Mark. Paul says, sounds great without John Mark. Barnabas says, oh, yeah, well, let's give John Mark a chance. Paul's like, nah, he was unreliable the first time. He is likely to be unreliable again. I'd rather not go with John Mark. Barnabas says, I'd like to give him a shot. They don't call me son of encouragement for nothing. Paul's like, yeah, yeah, I just don't think so, though. And they can't come to a conclusion. So Barnabas says, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with John Mark. Paul says, you go ahead and go. And I'm going to go with, I pick Silas. So Paul and Silas begin Paul's second missionary journey. They travel through a bunch of cities. They end up in Neapolis eventually after they picked up Timothy and Luke. They traveled into the city of Philippi, which as a quick review, they went down to the river where they expected to find people praying. It was a place of prayer. Liddy was there, a very wealthy businesswoman, meeting with other women, having a time of prayer there. They met with Lydia. They explained the gospel. They explained who Jesus was to Lydia. Lydia, who was a worshiper of God, but had not heard yet of Jesus Christ, accepts this gospel, is all excited, and persuades the men to stay with her and to continue to teach. The men continue to teach. They continue to go to this place of prayer. And they go day after day and time after time. And for many days, a young girl traveled behind them who was being used by her owners as a slave, as a fortune-telling young girl. And as such, she would shout behind them day after day after day, listen, these men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept saying this, right, for day after day after day, until finally Paul turns and commands the Spirit to leave her, and the Spirit does. Now, we don't know what happens to the girl at this moment. We don't know. Does she continue to follow along with Paul and learn the truth? We don't know that. We can't say for sure. We know the reason that Paul's in this region is because he had had a vision from God where a man had said, come and help us, come and help us, right? So now, who is this man, and why do you think he was saying this? And will Paul ever meet up with him? So we're going to continue our story. And when we left off, Paul and Silas were stuck in a prison in the inner cell with their feet in stocks. The owners of the slave girl were mad. They riled up a crowd. They riled up the crowd because of their prejudiced attitudes toward Jewish people, taking two of the four men who were Jewish, bringing them before the magistrates and saying, we need to do something about these men who are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar. By advocating customs unlawful for the Romans to accept or practice. This is where we left off. And the crowd joined in the attack. 
And the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and flogged, and they were severely beaten, and they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Upon receiving such orders, he put them in the inner cell, and he fastened their feet in the stocks. This is where we left Paul and Silas. We said they could be left thinking all kinds of things. What are we doing wrong? God owes us. Oh, we're just trying to follow the Lord, and here we are in jail. No fair. They could have been thinking a lot of things. What were they thinking? God's word tells us. As I'm going to pick up at Acts chapter 16, starting at verse 25. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Of course they were. Remember, Paul's a real guy. Paul's on a real journey. Paul's with his real friend Silas. Paul's had a real fight with his other friend Barnabas. And in a situation where he could blame God, he could question whether or not he's even a true believer if things aren't working out just as he has planned, he could cry, no fair. But instead, what are Paul and Silas doing? They were praying. They were singing hymns, meaning hymns of praise to God, not laments, hymns of praise to God. And what did the other prisoners do? They weren't alone in this prison. The other prisoners were listening to them. Who were these other prisoners? What had they done? We don't know, but we could imagine (laughs) whatever it was. They're there. They're listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open. Can you imagine? (laughs) Here they are in prison. This violent earthquake happens. And what happens to all the doors? Bing, 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 bing. They all have flown open. And everybody's chains came loose. Now, to me, this sounds like a remarkable, a miraculous sort of earthquake. I've never been in an earthquake. I'm thankful for that. That's not like, oh, man, I never have. But what I can't imagine is an earthquake happening, doors opening, and my chains falling off. It sounds like there was a very specific reason for this specific earthquake at this point in time. And this is what happens. The doors are open, right? The chains are all off. They're all loose. The jailer, what? Panics. What does the jailer do? Runs down the hall. No, what is the first thing it says in scripture the jailer does? The jailer woke up. I just, I think that's just some of the funniest four words in scripture. The jailer woke up. What had the jailer been told? He had received orders, commanded. He was commanded to guard them carefully. So he woke up and when he saw the prison doors were open, he panicked then. He drew his sword and he was about to kill himself because he thought all the prisoners escaped. I mean, who wouldn't think that? I'm guarding prisoners. The doors are open. Who wouldn't think they escaped? So why would he kill himself? Why wouldn't he just start looking? What would he do? He's about to kill himself because actually that was the punishment for a jailer who let prisoners free. They were going to come and kill him anyway. And he thought, I'll just do one faster and take care of myself. So he's about to kill himself because they thought they escaped. But Paul shouts right then. Don't harm yourself or all here. He sees it. He knows what's going to happen. So he shouts out quick. Don't harm yourself. We're all here. The jailer calls for lights. 
And remember, call for the lights, like, whoosh, like, turn them on, right? They have to light stuff. They have to run in through rubble and around carrying torches. This is a real thing that happened at a real time in real space. So he calls for lights. So there's other people here scrambling, rushing in. The jailer called for lights. He rushes in and he falls trembling before Paul and Silas. And what does he say? Oh my goodness. What are you guys doing here? What does he say? Don't tell my boss, you guys, I was sleeping. He comes before Paul and Silas. What does he say? Hey, were you guys singing so much last night? What's your deal? He falls before Paul and Silas. And what does he say? Trembling. He looks at them. He falls before them. And he calls out, sirs, what must I do to be saved? There was something that Paul and Silas said in their songs. There was something Paul and Silas said in his prayers. There was something that Paul and Silas did with their lives. We don't know any of these specifics, but all of it pointed to this one jailer looking at them and knowing there is one question I want to ask these men. And this question is this, what must I do to be saved? And what did they reply? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. They said, you will be saved. You, your whole household, you all can be saved if you believe in the Lord Jesus. This is the best story of all. We talk about good story. This isn't like good story. This is like great story, best story. That is the truth for all of us, for each one of us. What must I do to be saved? Can I know what happens to me when I die? Can I know what happens as I pass from this life to life everlasting where I can't see right now? Yes, we can know. When we place our faith and trust in Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross, paying the penalty for our sin, we can trust that that forgiveness will save us and that we can live in eternity forever with God himself. The jailer asks Paul this, what must I do to be saved? And they reply, believe in the Lord Jesus. Then what did they do? Then they, Paul and Silas, they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. They went over. They're in his house. They're sharing with him. He lived probably real close by, if not connected to the jail. That was his job. So they're over there and they're talking with him and they're teaching them. And what would Paul do? We know from time and time and time again, Paul had reasoned through scriptures. Here are things that the prophets said. Look, they were pointing to Jesus. Here, this is the law that Moses gave. Look, it points to the character of God. Part of this law was a sacrificial system. Look, it points to the sacrificial lamb of Jesus. Paul would reason through the books of of Daniel and Isaiah and all these other prophets pointing, saying there was one that was to come. And this one is Jesus. And Paul's testifying to the truth of who Jesus is. I can't help but believe that Paul talked about his own experience meeting Jesus on the road to Damascus when he was on his way to persecute others who believed in Jesus. And instead he was struck blind. And then the Lord gave him physical sight and spiritual sight. And now what does Paul do? He preaches the gospel. So he shares this with these people. He's explaining them the word of the Lord to all the people in his house. At that hour of the night, what did the jailer do? He took them and he washed their wounds. What wounds? Remember, they'd been flogged severely. They'd been stripped and they'd been beaten. 
So not only were Paul and Silas sitting in the dark inner cell with their feet in stocks, they were severely beaten. So the jailer now is healing, washing their wounds. Immediately, he and his family were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house. What does he do next? He sets a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God and his whole family. So here are these people, this unlikely group, Paul and Silas, these Jewish men who are following after God's direction. What was God's direction? Shutting doors. Don't go this way. What was God's direction? Go to Macedonia. Here's a vision. There's a man saying, come, help us. Was this that man? This is a curious thing. We don't know. I don't know. I don't know if Paul saw him went, oh my goodness, it's that guy from a dream. We, we don't know that. But Paul and Silas share the truth. And this man's heart is filled with joy because he hears the truth of God's word. He clothes, he bathes, he takes care of the wounds, and he feeds Paul and Silas. He sets this meal. When it was daylight, oh, daylight has come. It's one day. The magistrate sent the officers to the jailer with this order. Release those men. Then jailer told Paul, oh, the magistrates have ordered that you and Silas be released. Now you can leave. Just go in peace. See ya. Bye. You can leave. They said to release you. But what does Paul say? Yeah, no, not that easy. No, not quite like that. What does Paul say to the officers? They beat us publicly without a trial, even though we are Roman citizens. And then they threw us into prison. And now they want to get us rid of us quietly, like hush hush. No, let them come themselves and escort us out. What does he mean? Paul says to the officers, they beat us publicly without a trial. If you are a Roman citizen, that was against the law. They are Roman citizens. They're Jewish men. They're Roman citizens. And as such, they had the right to a trial. But nobody took on that. Nobody worried about that. The crowd went crazy and they were stripped and beaten. And Paul says, hey, they beat us publicly without a trial. Even though we're Roman citizens, they also threw us into prison. And now they want to be like, oh, you had to see us. See, I'm just pretending like nothing happened. Strange set of circumstances there, right, guys? Whoa, who was expecting that, right? I mean, come on, let's just all agree to disagree. Okay, see ya. Paul's like, no, it's not going to go that way. They cannot get rid of us quietly. Uh Uh-uh. They can come themselves and escort us out. So the officers leave Paul and Silas. They say, okay, we'll go back. We'll tell the guys. The officers leave. They go back. They report it to the magistrates. What do they report? Um, okay, first of all, they were beaten without a trial. Did any of you guys know they were Roman citizens? Because they're Roman citizens. What? You know, this is something they don't know. So, okay, reading now. The officers reported this to the magistrates. And when they heard that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens, they were alarmed. They came to appease them and escorted them from the prison, requesting them to leave the city. Why did Paul want this like this? Is it, Paul's just not that guy, right? Paul's not that guy. No, I kind of want a big public fanfare as I leave the prison. Kind of want it to be a big deal. No. What did he want? 
He knew he had been teaching day after day, week after week. He'd go down to this river where these people were, and he would teach the truth of God's word. He knew he was going to be leaving these people behind, and he wanted everybody else to know, hey, I was the one teaching them, and we have done nothing wrong. So as we leave, as we shake the dust from the city and we go out from here, you cannot treat these people any differently. So he wanted to be public for the people he left behind, not for himself. So they came, they appeased them, and they escorted them from the prison and said, please leave the city. Why did they need to leave the city? They hadn't done anything wrong. This is one of the ways, first, God just directs them to the next place. But secondly, they're saying, okay, yeah, and it's caused quite a ruckus. We have all this going on. You know, we will escort you out, but you just still need to leave. After Paul and Silas came out of the prison, where did they go? They went to Lydia's house where they met with the brothers and sisters there, and encouraged them. Wait, what? (laughs) Don't you expect it to say? And they went to Lydia's house and met with the brothers and sisters there, where they received encouragement from this big thing that they had just gone through. (laughs) They They went to Lydia's house. They met up with those who had come to faith and trust in Christ, and they encouraged them. What did they encourage them with? They encourage them, first of all, by their presence. First of all, by their presence. The fact that they are physically here. What did these people last know? Oh my goodness, last thing we saw, you were stripped and beaten and thrown in prison. Now, here you are standing before us, able to speak to the goodness of God, told them, I am sure, even though it doesn't say here, I am sure they had to have told them the story about the jailer, yeah? They had to have. They encouraged the people there. Continue on believing. Continue to place your faith and trust in Christ. They encouraged them. And then what did they do? Then they left. They say, then they left. Sounds like Luke stays behind, doesn't it? It sure does. Because even in the beginning of the next chapter, it says, when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a Jewish synagogue, as was his custom. Paul goes into the synagogue, and he continues to reason there for the Sabbath days. I'm not going to go on and talk about what he's doing there in Thessalonica, although that's interesting, too. It's super interesting. Maybe we will talk about that sometime. It's super interesting what happens next. And super cool that Paul doesn't go through, experience what he does in Philippi, meeting with his family, meeting with his body of believers, meeting with this now growing family of believers, It's interesting that he doesn't go through that experience prison and say, well, that was nice, but I don't really want to do that again. He continues on serving the Lord, trusting that God will meet his needs as they come up. This is encouraging news to us. This is very encouraging news to us. What do we take from this? What do we take from this? We take that God directs our steps, right? We can plan. We can say, this is what we're going to do. And we're going to do it like this. But I can promise you that never once did Paul say, hey, Silas, you want to come with me? We'll meet up with Timothy. We'll meet up with Luke. Luke's going to write the story later, which is kind of interesting. And then we're going to get to Philippi. There's some things that are going to be really interesting. It's going to be really cool to go down by the river. It's a beautiful area. We're going to meet people who are going to hear about God and they're going to just receive the truth. It's going to be so encouraging. And it'll be a little annoying that young woman who goes behind us who's demon-possessed, but we can take care of that because greater is he who is in us than he that is in the world, and we'll be able to command this demon. This demon will come out. This woman will be released, but then things start to go south. Paul didn't know this was going to happen. He didn't plan this. But what did he come to find out? 
He didn't know what was going to happen, but what did he come to find out? That God was faithful through it all, through the stuff he knew, through the stuff he didn't, through the stuff that was great and encouraging, and through the stuff that was painful, physically painful, spiritually painful. He continued to sing and to praise God, and he continued to see the truth of God and the truth of Jesus Christ bring joy to those who also place their faith and trust in him. Paul knew that this was a good story that should be told over and over and over again. And he dedicated his life to doing it through the power of the Holy Spirit and following the direction of God Almighty. And we too can do the same thing. We have good news. We have a good story. and We are called to share it with all those who will listen. And what are the results? Sometimes people say, hey, you should come and stay with us. Lydia persuades them. And sometimes people get so mad, right? These people were so angry with what Paul had done as they saw the dollar signs slipping away. They lied about them. They mistreated them and threw them in jail. And still God uses these experiences for his purposes. And Paul and Silas don't say this. is Okay, yeah, it's okay. We are being used this way begrudgingly. They sing at midnight. I don't know what your midnight is. And I don't know if you're right in the middle of it. But here's what I want to encourage you to do. Let's together. Sing at midnight, not knowing how the story ends. If you are in the middle of a dark and deep place, as I know some of you are, Lord Jesus, come near. Be near to those who are in the middle of their midnight, not knowing what's going to happen next, not knowing if you will release them, if the doors will be swung open, if they will be escorted out to a place of freedom. Lord, without knowing that, would we please still all sit wherever it is, wherever we are, may we still just sit and praise you and trust you in the midst of it all. We may trust you and we may share the good news, the good news of Jesus who loves us, who loves us so much that he gave his life for us. Thank you that God so loved the world that he gave his son. Thank you that the son loved us so much that he came and gave his life for us so that whoever believes in the Lord Jesus, as Paul shared with the jailer, can be saved. Thank you for this good news that brings great joy. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen.